Everett's greatest hits, sports, and more. KRKO Everett. And it is a Monday night in beautiful downtown Everett, and it's time for Prep Sports Weekly right here on KRKO. Tom Lafferty here, Steve Willits on the other side of the glass. Have you come close to saying Thursday night yet this this no, year? No, I haven't. You've been good about that. Huh? Yeah. I in my head, I was waiting for you to say Thursday night all of a sudden, and then I had to remind myself that yeah, after six previous or seven previous years of doing the show, it's it's Monday, not Thursday. Well, then the other night. You uh, texted me, said, since we used to do a show on Wednesday. Yeah, that was just my, my brain and my fingers not speaking in unison with one another. So, yeah, every once in a while. That, and that happens more often than I'd like to admit. But Today's show, it is Prep Sports Weekly here on KRKO, brought to you by McLean Insurance in Silver Lake, the Buzz Inn Steakhouse, Hat Trick Northwest, the Law Office of Russell and Hill, Mike Dixon, Farmers Insurance, Screen Printing Northwest, and Hometown Handy Matter. Who do we have on the show tonight? On the show tonight, we're going to talk a little football here. We'll first we'll we'll talk about uh, the games of Friday night coming up here in just a moment, and then later on in the show, we're going to hear from two different head football coaches, John Gradwall from the Edmonds Woodway Warriors, who, my gosh, I think he's got to be the longest tenured coach. I wonder where he ranks in terms of the state right now. I know there's guys out there who have. You know, probably in different places who have 40, 50 years, but I think this is yeah, season but number. Some of those guys, you know, the, the Ottens have retired. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, again, I, I mean, I don't profess to be somebody who's an expert on football down in the south end of the state or even right. eastern Washington, but John Gradwell, 26th season. So he's been there a while, and he still looks pretty young, too, I might add. But sure. uh, John Gradwell from Edmonds Woodway, they just got a nice victory last Friday night. They've won three out of their last four games, and a team that Gradwell played earlier this year, Scott Darrow, the head coach at Monroe High School, the Bearcats. Uh, he'll be on the show tonight, and then after that we're going to talk a little tennis, and this is kind of a fun one for us because we know these two guys. Joel Boyer, who's a friend of the show, he's he does numerous things for us here at KRKO. Sure. He does a lot of color commentary for you during the basketball season. He's the head girls tennis coach at Snohomish High School. He's an assistant for the boys program. He's just an all-around good guy. And he just happens to live with the number one ranked tennis player over at Lake Stevens High School, uh, Dylan Wells, who is his stepson. So we thought we'd have Joel and Dylan on together to talk about that relationship. And there, Joel always kind of has his finger on the pulse as to what's going on on the tennis scene around here anyway. Yeah. I think he knows just about everybody who is in the tennis world in Washington State. So we'll have Joel give us a little bit of an idea as to who the, the top Wesco players are this season. And we'll have Dylan tell us about his Lake Stevens team. So that'll be fun. Sounds good. Today's show brought to you by Erickson Furniture, the Snohomish County PUD, Glass by Lund, Ace Hardware Stores in Lake Stevens, Everett, and Stanwood, GSR Rental in Monroe, Dale Wagner Law Office, and also insurance agent Brian Reed. Shall we start looking at some football from a week ago? Absolutely. Let's do it. Linwood beats Everett, shuts him out 28 nothing. Linwood has certainly turned their season around with two straight wins. Yeah, and we had uh, Keontae Bankhead on the show last week, and certainly we learned a little we more. We must be the good luck charm. Well, him. yeah, that too. But I think also, <laughs> as we heard from Keontae, he mentioned at one point he had 29 players out due to COVID. Yeah. I should uh clarify that he didn't have 29 players that had COVID or weren't positive, but from one or two and also, you know, folks who had a close contact. So they've gotten their large portion of their team back together. I know they had some injury issues also earlier in the season and that's a Linwood Royals team. And I I think I mentioned it on the show a couple of weeks ago. 
had a chance to watch them a lot in the spring, and they were a good young team. I, I liked some of the parts that they had that they were putting together. Not not to say that I thought they were going to be the next Marysville Pilchuck by any means, right, but right. definitely thought they'd be competitive this year. And you know what? They're starting to really look like they're going to solidify themselves as that number four team in the West Coast 3A South, unless somebody like Mount Lake Terrace or Shorecrest can really step up right now. It looked like it was going to be kind of a clumped mess there between the, the four and five spots, but I think Linwood's really kind of – Showing everybody that hey, they're they're not to be reckoned with right now. They're they're a tough team. Speaking of COVID, we were supposed to last Friday night do Glacier Peak and Kamiak West Go for a big huge game. Well, that got coveted right out of our hands on Thursday, so we had to do the old switcheroo again. Yeah, and how unfortunate was that? Because again, I yep. think, and we talked about it during the broadcast the other night. You know, I hate to get ahead of ourselves a little too much here, but I mean, I don't think I'm going out on a limb here. I think everybody, when they look in that conference, it's Lake Stevens number one, and you know what? They've they've earned that. They haven't been beaten in, what, seven or eight years? And then Glacier Peak and Kamiak, I think, are 2A and 2B right now. That Kamiak team is really good, for those who haven't seen them yet. I think that was going to be a really good game last Friday night, and more than likely, that was going to determine who was going to finish second place in the conference, and guess what? Two teams out of that conference go to state this year. Right. So I don't know what they're going to do now. Three go to districts, though. Three go to districts. Right, so, yeah. So right. we'll see how that ends up playing out because that, that could really factor into, you know, who gets seated where coming out of the uh, the regular season and into the quads. I don't know what they're going to end up doing there for that. I mean, obviously, that maybe there's a – I'm sure there was a number draw already, and we talked about it with Mark Perry a little bit the other night, the Snohomish Athletic Director. And as of right now – they haven't made a decision on that, so right. stay tuned. Right now, it's considered a no contest. A no contest, so they would finish in a tie for second place, assuming they both go up against Lake Stevens and they both lose. Right. That's a big assumption there, too. So you, uh, it, Yeah, it's I, a pretty good assumption, but yeah, sure. I mean, sure, they do have to play the games, well, but and, granted, it's, it's a realistic assumption, let's put it that way. And you and I can speculate, okay, Lake Stevens is going to win out. Athletic directors can't. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they can't, They can't. but at the same time, I think they start they, talking behind closed doors and go, hey, look, there's a... I mean, they may not put a number on it, but, hey, there's a 90% chance this is going to happen. And right. So they do have to be ready for anything. Let's take a look at further games. Stanwood beat Cascade 35-13. to Cascade led 13-0. Then Ryder Bumgarner went to work, scored three touchdowns as the Spartans scored 35 straight points. He's a good running back, and they're starting to put together a nice season. That's a Stanwood team right now that's 3-2 and in the West Coast 3A North. Monroe blanks Meadowdale 42 to nothing. Cole Pruitt had two punt returns for scores, and that set the stage for Monroe. Cody Edelbrock had seven carries for 122 yards and three touchdowns for the Bearcats. And again, we'll have Scott Darrow coming up on the show later. Monroe with a big date coming up against Snohomish eventually here. That might determine whether or not we have a three-way tie for Wesco 3A South at the end of the season. Speaking of Lake Stevens, 56-7 over Mariner. Jaden Lamar rushed for 188 yards and three touchdowns. Grayson Murin passed for 203 yards and three touchdowns. Drew Carter, the future Eastern Washington Eagle, had six catches for 151 yards and two touchdowns. Mariners lost now three straight. Yeah, it's just always kind of fun. We we know the numbers are going to be there at the end of the night, and you know those point totals are going to be high for Lake Stevens. It's just kind of a matter of whose turn it is that week to get the 150-plus right. yards, whether it's rushing or receiving, and how many yards they'll let uh, Mirren throw for, because I'm sure if you let him just draw back and throw all night long, he could put up massive numbers. Yeah. But Again, 56-7, to seven, just another night at the office for Lake Stevens. Jackson goes to 2-4. and four. They beat Redmond 37 
to twenty. I was, I'm sorry, Jackson drops to thirty-seven to two and four. Redmond thirty-seven, Jackson twenty-one. That's what I was trying to say. There you go. I, I knew where you were going with it, but yeah, Jackson. Yeah, a second game against a Kingco school, obviously, yeah. and Mason Siddick, who has Kingco roots, both as a an alum of Lake Washington as well as as a uh, assistant coach over there, and pretty good matchup. I mean, I kind of yeah. figured it might be in thirty-seven twenty-one. They came out on the short end. Marysville Pilchuck over Mount Vernon, 49-13. Dylan Carson only carried eight times for 90 yards, but scored four <laughs> times. Jordan Velasquez, Nate Elwood, Galen Gray also scored for Marysville Pilchuck. Barely even need to wash the jersey after that one for uh, for Dylan, huh? Yeah. I'm sure he had a lot of tackles, too, by the way. We always talk about his offense. He's a phenomenal defensive player, too. Oh, yeah. And As are a lot of those guys on the offensive side of the ball. But, yeah, again, Marysville Pilchuck. Just keeps rolling along, and we're going to get a chance to see them here uh, on Friday night. We will. Blaine beat Shorewood 36-13. Shorewood now 0-6. Yeah, and I thought that game might be a little closer. I, uh, Blaine's not a bad team, but I know Shorewood is, uh, has been in contention for a couple of those losses they've had this year. And uh, they went up north, and unfortunately they come out on the losing end. But, like, uh, you know, I had another coach mention that to me recently, that Shorewood's not as bad as they they appear on paper in terms of the wins and losses. Now again, they're a rebuilding program. They've got a new coach this year, uh, Petchel, who's been there before and mm-hmm. who does a nice job. And I'm sure that he'll get things turned around there. But uh, yeah, nonetheless, I'm I'm kind of surprised that game wasn't a little bit closer, but not surprised at the outcome in terms of who won. Ferndale gets a win on Thursday night, 51-14 over Oak Harbor. For Shortcrest and Edmonds Woodway, they played the second game down at Edmonds Stadium on Friday night, and Edmonds Woodway got the win 48-7. to Aaron Barraza rushed 15 times for 143 yards and four first-half touchdowns for the Warriors. Shortcrest now has kind of fallen off the map the last couple of years. They have, and I know their quarterback, Christensen, was out. He uh, had, So I there's mean, the curse of prep sports week. Well, yeah, maybe a little bit. <laughs> and they also had a, lot of, they had a lot of seniors last year, too. Yeah, so they're, yeah. they're a team that I think – you know, relying on heavily on their quarterback, and with him not being there, I think it's just that much tougher of a road. Edmonds Woodway, and we'll talk to Coach uh, John Gradwell here shortly. That uh, Barraza, he uh, he's really come on over the last couple of weeks. They had nine different players get carries in that game for Edmonds Woodway, so John was able to really utilize a lot of different players and get them involved. Alec Rust, who not a bad quarterback in his own right, only had to throw the ball four times in that game. So uh, Edmonds Woodway is going to be interesting down the stretch. They've got two very winnable games and. Again, we, we've got to wait now to see what happens with Snohomish and Monroe. If if Monroe's able to knock off Snohomish, that could end up with a three-way tie for first place at the end of the season. So right. stay tuned. There you go. Arlington beat Marysville Getchell 55-13. Trent Novak had touchdown throws of 37, 47, 34, and 53 yards for the Eagles, who led 55-0 at halftime. Levi Younger caught two of those TD tosses and also scored on a 48-yard punt return. So how does that work with the uh, the curse there? We've had Trent Nobick on the show. We've also had yeah. we've also had Davis Laura, the head coach of Marysville Getchell. So I, well, I guess a, something had to give. Wash. Yeah, and Marysville Getchell, they you know they got They've off to that fallen off the map. They really have. They got off to that two and zero start and. Uh, after the Berry Bowl, things – well, I shouldn't say after the Berry Bowl. The Berry Bowl was rough, too, when they played yep. a Pilchuck, but it's just been a rough go ever since. The game we broadcast here, because we had to switch off – Yeah, like, yeah you prefer, because we had to. <laughs> well, okay. Well, well you hear the score and you'll understand why, right? 41-0, Snohomish beat Mount Lake Terrace. Uh, Josh Vandergrind rushed for 137 yards and two touchdowns, also caught four passes for 47 yards, an additional score to leave the Panthers, and he was our Brian Reed player of the game. He, was, I thought that game was going to be close there for a little while, and it, and it was. I think it was like 6 nothing at the end of the first quarter. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, too much. Josh Vandergrind, by the way, every time I watch that kid, I'm just more and more impressed. Not the biggest kid in the world. No, no. But my goodness, he's got the speed. He he's has great uh, 
he's he's got good vision and I I really like his balance. I mean, there are times when you think he's going down and somehow he stays on his feet and he makes a, you know a big something out of what looked like nothing. And yeah, Snohomish really putting together a, a nice quietly a nice season. They're three and zero, like I said in the uh, the South. They've already got a win over Edmonds Woodway, so that helps them in any kind of a tie there. Now they've got Monroe in front of them here at some point. But uh, again, when we saw them even on opening night, we thought they looked impressive, fairly impressive against Glacier Peak. So we'll see what Snohomish can do down the stretch. Well, and then. So and look at their non-league games: Glacier Peak, Lake Stevens, Marysville Pilchuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, or Snohomish. I mean, that's that's a tough. That's and they were tough. supposed to play Squalicum, but um, yeah. So oh, that's uh, right. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, I, we'll, we'll see. I mean, again, I. Well, they weren't supposed to play Squalicum. They were supposed to play Linwood. They agreed, and they, <laughs> yeah, I won't even go there. But yeah, we, they agreed to play Squalicum, and then yeah. they did not agree to play Squalicum. Right. But anyway, um, yeah, that's. I don't know. I mean, I still look at it, and I think. How do I say this? Stanwood's the number four team in the north right now. I'm not sure that Stanwood's not the, wouldn't be the best team in the south. That could be. I mean, we've already seen. Well, we saw Arlington just really beat up Edmonds Woodway. That was granted. That was game number one, but still, yeah. I mean, so the south is a little bit interesting. But really, when you look at Snohomish, Edmonds Woodway, and Monroe, and you start to again, you can't just necessarily go. Well, team A beat team B, and team B did this to team C. Therefore, A and C would do this. But you can take a little bit out of that, especially at the high school level. And certainly, those three teams are all fairly even. So it'll be. I'll be curious to see how they can compete when we get to the crossover games in Week Ten, because again, I think some of those teams are much improved. Also, I think Monroe got off to a slow start. I think Edmonds Woodway, and that's you know. John Gradwell, that's kind of who sure. he is. I think he's just sure. one of those coaches where he starts to get more out of his players as the season progresses. And again, Snohomish, we've seen them even when they lost to Glacier Peak. They they look competitive. So it'll be fun to see what happens here. I'll tell you, the place where you can't play this team beat that team, therefore they're going to beat this team, is the Northwest AA. <laughs> because we got Squalicum beats Archbishop Murphy 26-6. to Murphy led 6 nothing. then Squalicum scored the next 26 points. It's going to be interesting up in that Northwest League. It is, and I think some of those teams are starting to kind of already, you know, well, we'll get to another one here in a moment where one team, I think, has already kind of knocked themselves out of contention. Yeah. But, you know, again, only two of those teams are going to state. Uh, four of those teams, I believe, unless they're going to change something, I think four of those teams will make it into the districts and probably play each other for the two state spots. Well, Mark Perry said that yeah. the talk is that they're going to make up some of these games that got missed. Like the Cedro Woolley archbishop Murphy game didn't get played because of COVID. Week ten, you play that game. Yeah, yeah, and I, I don't know. I mean, again, if if you've got seating spots on the line, I mean, that's 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 all fine and good. That those those are right. some of the talks they're having. But at some point, if I'm the number three team, I want to make sure I get a shot at the number two team for that state t- spot. Right. I would think so. I mean, I don't know what they're going to end up doing, but yeah, it, it'll be interesting because again, you've got so many strong teams, and I even just looking on social media, there's a lot of buzz out there right now from the folks up north of us here who are, are, aren't very happy with the fact that they're only going to get two teams to state. But you know what? It's a numbers game, and sorry that all the toughest teams in the state just happen to fall into your bracket. Go talk to the Metro folks about basketball. They'll really have some stories for you. <laughs> yeah. It just It's the way it is, unfortunately. But uh, Well, yeah. and, and to explain, what used to happen was they combined with the 2A teams in the Kinko. Mm-hmm. Well, now there's so many 2A teams in the Kinko, they said, yeah, we're not going to give up. We're not going to risk some of our spots going to state. For right, you, you folks, and they're well within their right down. on that. Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. So I can't, I can't fault them either. It's just like you said, it's the numbers game. It's where they fall, and you've got what nine or ten teams up there right now. Even though some of them aren't even competing with a, I think they've kind of opted out of that that schedule, and they've opted to play a less competitive, a more competitive, balanced schedule, right. Right. knowing they don't have an opportunity to make the playoffs. But at the same time, 
it helps the kids in terms of feeling like they're able to compete on any given Friday night. And what you just talked about, Linden beat Lakewood 42-19. to Lakewood surrendered 28 unanswered points in the second half. It's not going to be a tough road for the Cougars to try to make the playoffs. I don't even know that they can. I mean, they're 1-3 in, in league play right now. So, I mean, right. I'm looking at it right now. Linden's 3-0. Cedra Woolley's 2-0. You've got a Squalicum team that has two losses, and they do have the tiebreaker there, but you've also got Murphy and Burlington Edison who have one loss each, and Lakewood loses a lot of the tiebreakers with head-to-heads now. So, right. yeah, I don't, I'm don't. i not going to sit here and work out the entire equation, but it's going to be pretty hard for Lakewood to make the playoffs, unfortunately. Kings quarterback Hayden Teeter went 12 of 16 for 230 yards and three touchdowns. Six different Kings Knights scored in the game as Kings beat Sultan 55-14. to Knights are putting together a nice season. They are. Cedro Woolley beat Cedarcrest, shut him out 44 to nothing. Seaholm Burlington Edison got canceled last week. It was Lummy Nation 62, Darrington 6. Friday Harbor and South Whidbey ended up playing. It was supposed to be Charles Wright Academy. So write it in pencil every time. 34-14 South Whidbey over Friday Harbor. And a Saturday game, it was Granite Falls 43, Cedar Park Christian 10. Yeah, Tigers continuing to roll there, too, and that's a big change from the last couple of years. Cedar Park Christian seems to be down this year, and uh, Granite Falls having one of their better seasons in a while. And we should mention there are three Saturday games f- involving Western Conference and Northwest League teams this week, which is interesting. Uh, Burlington Edison plays Archbishop Murphy at Archbishop Murphy this coming Saturday at 1 o'clock. If you want to see Murphy and you can never go see him because you're going to see your own team on a Friday night. And Lake Stevens-Jackson play at 12 noon at Everett Memorial Stadium. Lakewood's also traveling over to Ellensburg if you want to if you want to make the trip. Yeah, over. and I have a feeling a lot of that has to do with just officiating right yeah, now, too. And, and Zach Harris wrote a nice article in the Herald the other day. And again, we always encourage people to check that out. If you have time or if you have interest, there is a very – there's a huge need for officiating for various sports right now. And Certainly would encourage people to look into that and contact folks. Hey, a little extra money there on the side, too, and get paid to actually work at a sporting event, so why not? So, uh, again, I, I I haven't seen that from or heard that from anybody, but I'm guessing that we're so short right now on official crews that yep. we're bumping some of these games to Saturdays. We've already heard about other parts of the state moving games to Thursdays and Wednesdays, for that matter. Yep. So what is coming up next on the show? We're going to talk to John Gradwell, the head football coach at Edmonds Woodway High School. We'll do it next right here. Prep Sports Weekly on KRKO. All right, guys, bring it on in. Now, this is football, men, and there are two things I want you to remember. First, you have to hit hard to make varsity. And second, you need those big earth movers up front. And speaking of big earth movers, GSR Reynolds in Monroe has a huge selection of earth movers and earth moving accessories. Plus, big equipment to get the job done. And for our big victory celebration, GSR Reynolds also has big selections of tables and chairs, everything you need for a party. That's right, go get them, boys. For more information, go to GSRreynolds.com. KRKO, where new listeners are finding us all the time. I have the app now on my phone, obviously. I love this station. Um, in fact, I have it on in the background, but I listen to it as I'm working. KRKO is about music, the new uplifting way to spend your workday. Yes, I, I get to work every morning, turn the KRKO on. Music that picks you up, the songs you like to sing along with. That seems like there's a memory with almost every song. We play lots of great songs. You sing along, play air guitar, or tap your toes. And the day just goes better. That's how it works on KRKO. 
Ace Hardware is a helpful place with prompt, friendly service, knowledge, and the little things that make a big difference. Service. Selection. Advice. Community involvement. Competitive prices. Convenience. Located near you. And the things you need, such as... House keys. Lawn and garden. Plumbing. Electrical. Hardware. Grills. Outdoor living supplies. And even nuts and bolts. When you visit Ace Hardware, you'll be greeted at the door and given the help you need. So come visit us at Ace Hardware in Evergreen Way in Everett, Lake Stevens, and now Stanford. Ace is the with the helpful hardware folks. If you're looking for a place that prints anything for any team, the place to go is Screen Printing Northwest on Colby Avenue in downtown Everett. They're the local experts for custom screen printing and embroidery. Hats, t-shirts, sweatshirts, coats, you name it, they can do it. Screen Printing Northwest has been locally owned since 1996, and they're the official screen printer of this radio station. Screen Printing Northwest, 2526 Colby Avenue, just north of Everett Avenue in downtown Everett. Go Cougs! Justice is easy if you know what to do. Call 800-LAW-0842. The Law Offices of Russell and Hill are proud sponsors of the KRKO Prep Sports Student Athlete of the Month. These student athletes have demonstrated excellence on the field of play and in the classroom. Russell and Hill believes in being part of your community and salutes those who give the extra effort. Russell and Hill will fight for you. Call 800-LAW-0842. And Prep Source Weekly continues on this Monday night. Tom Lafferty along with Steve Willits. And earlier today, Steve had a chance to catch up with Edmonds Woodway head football coach John Gradwall. The Edmonds Woodway Warriors picking up a 48-7 victory over Shorecrest on Friday nights. They run their record to 3-1 and in Wesco play. And joining us right now, longtime head coach John Gradwall, 26th year, I believe, coach. Uh, congratulations on the victory on Friday. Oh, thanks. Yeah, 26 years. It's <laughs> keep on keeping on. Yeah, you say year to year every time. You still feeling good about this? You still enjoying the uh, the experience? Yeah, you know, just take it a year at a time, and as long as I got the enthusiasm and the energy, I just keep on keeping on. Well, you guys seem to be keeping on just fine lately. Uh, 46, 48, seven victory, 34 nothing lead at the half, and not only that, four rushing touchdowns from uh, Aaron Barraza. Hopefully, I said his name right there. Yeah. Talk a little bit about the game in general first, just in terms of what was working for you guys and what you felt good about yeah you know I think starting a week ago we we found Aaron and kind of been giving him the ball he's been doing a great job he's got great vision great explosion runs hard our offensive line has started clicking together you know it's a group that has to work cohesively and they're doing a really nice job um yeah so I just feel like you know we're executing at a higher level and uh that showed you mentioned you just found Aaron, but four touchdowns this week. I know he had a big week the week before. Did you see glimpses of it earlier in the season? Did you kind of? I mean, I know you you've always kind of had that bell cow over the years of Edmonds Woodway running backs and the the storied history of those. Was this one that you kind of saw on the uh, the horizon? Well, you know, Aaron's always been good. It's just he was sharing reps with other guys that are still good, but he never really stood out because he was sharing reps. And uh, once he got his opportunity to be the guy, he really showed off what he can do. And so it's kind of our fault as coaches not to recognize it a little earlier. 
Well, and, and I saw that nine different players carried the ball on Friday night. Obviously, you, you have that luxury of getting out to that big lead. It seems like you've got a lot of talent, too, up and down the, uh, up and down the chart there. Talk a little bit about some of those other players at the skilled positions, anyway. Yeah, you know, that, that was the problem with getting to Aaron is we have a lot of skilled running backs. Uh, Jake Ingram, Trey Smith, uh, Ryan Fahey, uh, Lito Marinez, um, Gage Berger, uh, Trenton Harper. I mean, just I, there's probably more I'm forgetting. <laughs> nice problem to have, right? Yeah, exactly. But sometimes, you know, uh, too many cooks in the kitchen kind of thing. So mm -hmm. we, we had to weed that down a little bit, and that's helped us get a little better and help those guys know their role a little bit better. And I'm guessing you're going to tell me the line's looking good, too. I remember last time we talked, I think Holland and Curtano, I think your two starters last year, were the only seniors on that at that old line. I would say a young group, but I guess a group that got experience over the last year or two. How essential has that been for you guys? Yeah, it's been great. You know, um, we had three returners, and the, t the two new guys have been doing great. And the old line's got to work together like, you know, like a hand in a glove. And uh, we've been progressively getting better, but it's really starting to show right now uh, how they're working together and taking care of business. It's, it's really helping Aaron and the other backs uh, get the yards they're getting. And I don't mean to put you on the spot, but we do need some names there. The, the big guys don't always get the love that they deserve. So well, yeah, Nick Arico, our center, is a three-year starter. Uh, Riley, Riley Johnson, our right guard, is a three-year starter. Uh, Evan Gibbs, our left guard, is a, a two-year starter. Reed Burmaster, our left tackle, is a two-year starter. And then we moved Maddox Steffen there last year, and uh, he took over for Chase Holland and has just been an outstanding job. And then we've got Austin Renfro, who basically backs up all of them, and who's really stepped up this year. Because you, you can't just play five. There's there's always somebody that needs some rest mm -hmm. or whatever. And Austin stepped in and did an awesome job. And then at your quarterback spot, Alec Rust. We got a chance to watch him a little bit in the spring. Now he's got the uh, the full responsibility this year. I know he was sharing with a senior last year. Only threw four passes, but he completed three of them. And he, he can do some stuff with his feet as well. Yeah, you know, when the score was like it was, we're not going to throw as much as you normally would. It wasn't necessary. Uh, but, yeah, he does great things with his feet. He can throw the ball. And uh, he does share a little bit because Stephen Warren, we will play Stephen, the mm -hmm. quarterback. He's done a great job. He starts a corner for us, but uh, you know, Stephen does some great things too. So, And Alec plays receiver, so it, it all works out. <laughs> <laughs> Move him around a little bit and give everybody a chance to, to shine. Absolutely. Well, and we should mention the defense. Obviously, you only gave up seven points the other night. You only gave up seven points two weeks prior to a, a Linwood team that now is start, starting to surprise some people. So that win's looking even better right now. Talk about the guys on the other side of the line. Yeah, well, first of all, Linwood is, is a good football team. And uh, I think they're going to they're gonna finish strong here. And I think they're going to surprise some people. But I don't, I don't see it as a surprise. You know, we've got Jake Ingram at uh, inside backer and Ryan Faye, who are returning starters, are doing great. Uh, Treasure Jordan at Noseguard has just been playing outstanding this year. Uh, played great Friday, but a week ago against uh, Monroe was just a standout. And Riley Riley Johnson, the same thing. Rotate some other guys, uh, Kamari uh, Simpkins and uh, <clears throat> Evan Gibbs. They do an awesome job there. Uh, our big issue was the secondary. They're all brand new. And Major Gradwall, uh, Stephen Warren, Alec Russ, some of these guys have really improved over the last few weeks and have really tightened it down in the secondary so you know we're not there yet but you know we're, we're going in the right direction and we're making improvements every week and that's the goal and i love the fact that we're mentioning a lot of player names i guess we should get some coaches out there too who's helping you this season a lot of the same guys we've seen in the past yeah you know nick wood uh defensive coordinator has been around I, I don't know what he's year seven or eight right now um 
does a phenomenal job with the defense. Brent McAtee works with our D-line and our O-line. Uh, he's about the same number of years. Um, Mike uh, Darrington, Michael Darrington and Junior Apoca Mensa both played for me. They're, they're back from last year. Um, and uh, got uh, Ben Grimes, a returning player, who helps us out. Theo Labestis works with our outside linebackers, also a former player, mm -hmm. does an outstanding job. Uh, then Kevin Kalila, who kind of a jack of all trades uh, with conditioning and weight training, but also on the field. Uh, this has got to be his 20th year. <laughs> <laughs> you got a few of them in there. Yes. <laughs> so looking at the, the, the roster, I think we covered them all then, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's just, you know, their enthusiasm that they bring to the field, their relationship with the kids. I mean, that's what it's all about. And, uh, you know, we struggled at the beginning of the year, but I, I got to give the coaches and the players, they just kept working hard, working for improvement, and we're getting some pay value. Yeah. Obviously, we wish we would have started a little bit stronger, but we're, we're getting there. It's taking a little time, but we're getting there. Well, and in terms of the coaches there, too, you mentioned some guys that have, that have been with you for eight or nine years, 20 years. I recognized a few names there. You mentioned they were former players, but they were recent former players, too. Yes. Kind of nice to have that youth infusion in there. It probably helps in terms of uh, relating to these players at times. Absolutely. You know, I used to be the young coach. I'm not anymore. <laughs> so, so having some of that youth uh, and, and that enthusiasm, excitement that they bring to the field, as well as just – all their knowledge is just awesome. It helps me out. I don't have to try and be the young coach because I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> you still look young, though. That's yeah, important. I appreciate though. that. <laughs> you mentioned that uh, you didn't get the season started off the way you wanted to. Tough loss to Arlington. You got a game against Emerald Ridge, which I believe was a, a last-second uh, schedule with Meadowdale having some issues at that particular time. How are you feeling about the team right now in terms of where you're at? I mean, is this a, is this a team that's progressed, or is it just a matter of who you're playing right now? Um, I think we've progressed. You know, I was watching film of this last game and just of our execution and our assignments. We're just our, our batting average has gone way up, mm -hmm. and uh, so I just think we're playing at a higher level. Um, and like you said, I think Linwood's a better team that people give them credit for. Uh, Monroe is a great team. I think I think they're going to do well. So I feel good about those two wins. Shortcrest was down a little bit, the quarterback being out, mm -hmm. but uh, they're still a well-coached football team. So. Yeah, I'm not <clears throat> playing the comparison game. I'm just looking at how we are doing our assignments and how we're executing, and we're, we're executing at a much higher level, which you should. You know, after three or four weeks, you should every week you should get better. And that's what I tell the kids. And, you know, our goal this week is to get better. It's a non-league opponent, and people can say it doesn't matter. Well, it does matter. Mm -hmm. We need to get better this week so that it'll show week 9 and 10 when it matters more. Yeah. And so we got to keep improving every day. Well, and you mentioned keep improving. You mentioned that it, it does matter. You look on that schedule right now, on paper, it's Marysville-Getchell, and then it's Mount Lake Terrace before you get into the, the, the crossover games, which really matter. How do you coach against a letdown right now in terms of looking on paper? Getchell's really struggling. Mount Lake Terrace coming off a 41 nothing loss over at Snohomish this, uh, this past Friday. What do you tell the guys right now? Well, we're not good enough to take two weeks off and then go play a crossover game against a good team. We're not that good yet. Um, I don't know if we'll ever be that good. Mm -hmm. we, we need these next two weeks to keep getting better and improving so that whoever we get matched up with week nine, we have a fighting chance. If we take the next two weeks off, that's going to be a, that's going to be a tough battle. So we you know, every day you get better or worse mm -hmm. and we got to make that decision every day and had our coaches meeting last night. And as coaches, same thing, we can't get complacent and, and think, Oh, we got this, you know, we need to get better and improve. And it doesn't matter who you're playing. Because the bottom line is we're not playing Getchell on Friday night. We're playing Edmonds-Woodway. That's all we can control. I can't control Getchell. 
-hmm. but I, we can control ourselves. We can control our level of enthusiasm, our level of execution, and it needs to be better than it was last Friday. Right. Otherwise, it was a wasted week. Now, having said that, obviously, you're very tunnel vision for Edmonds Woodway versus Marysville Getchell. Hard not to start watching the scoreboard a little bit this time of year when we start to think about playoffs and implications and whatnot. You do, we do have Snohomish and Monroe coming up with a matchup against each other that's going to go a long ways to determining where you end up finishing first, second, or third in the south. You've got those other three teams up in the north that you're going to one of them you're going to be contending with in a couple of weeks. Do you start to pay attention a little bit? Do you start to watch? I mean, are you able to do that while also concentrating on the, the game at task? Well, I'm aware. I'm aware of who's doing well in the north and who we could possibly get matched up with, but it's out of my control. I don't get to choose. Mm -hmm. All we can do is take care of business this week and get better and take business, care of business next week and get better, and then they're going to tell me who we play and let's go. Uh, <clears throat> so we need to you know, keep the pedal to the metal kind of, you know, and build some momentum. You want to go into this part of the season, not us talking to the coaches, we want to go in healthy, but we also want to go in with some momentum. And uh, it really doesn't matter what your record is when you get to that point because, you know, you win, you're in, you lose, you're out. Mm -hmm. And so you just got to play well on that night and prepare for that night. And this is a team that's playing well right now. Winners of three of their last four. Edmonds Woodaway looking at Marysville Gitchell coming up on Friday night. John Gradwell, always a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. That was Steve with John Gradwell. He always leads the league in scratchy throat, coach throat. <laughs> yeah, John John can get after it on game nights, especially now that we're a Monday night show and not a Thursday night show. It's, right. He's uh, three days removed from uh, giving those guys a little bit of a holler out there on the field. And not only that, but they were winning, what, what 48-7? to seven? And I'm sure John still uh, was coaching up until the very end. He's That's who he is, and that's why he's been so successful. We had him on last year, if, you, yep. if you'll recall, in the spring. Yep. Right after he won his 150th game. Yeah. So uh, he's been doing this a while. And what's coming up next? We're going to hear from Scott Darrow, the head football coach at Monroe. We'll do that next. Prep Sports Weekly right here on KRKO. Supporting the community. It's important now more than ever. That's why the law offices of Dale Wagner and Stanwood proudly supports local high school sports. Since 2005, the team at the law offices of Dale Wagner have been helping their local community with their disability and workman's compensation claims. So if you've been injured on the job in Island, Skagit, or Snohomish County and need help getting the benefits you deserve, look no further than the disability and workman's compensation attorney team at the law offices of Dale Wagner and Stanwood. To find out more, go to Dale Wagner law.com and go Spartans. Snohomish PUD has been energizing life in our communities for over 70 years. That's why your PUD is a proud supporter of broadcasting Western Conference High School athletics in our community. Congratulations to our local student athletes for excelling in sports and academics. Your PUD offers several ways to help you save energy and lower your bill. The PUD offers instant rebates on energy saving home improvements and special low prices on efficient home products. Check out snopud.com or visit marketplace.snopud.com for ways to save. At Glass by Lund, if there's one thing they've learned over the past 40 years, it's that supporting the local community is very important. That's why they're huge supporters of Wesco High School sports, especially this year. It doesn't matter when the season starts. It doesn't matter the score. Glass by Lund supports high school sports 100%. And if you need support with windows, shower doors, or skylights, residential or commercial, remember, since 1967, Glass by Lund has been here to serve in your community. To find out more, visit glassbylund.com.
Hi, I'm Brian Reed. As your local Allstate agent, providing protection that fits your life is something I take, well, personally. I am committed to learning about your needs and personalizing protection to meet them. From bundling your auto, home, and life insurance with ease to evaluating optional coverage based on your protection needs, I can build an insurance proposal that fits your life. Are you in good hands? Contact me, Brian Reed, at either of my Everett locations, 425-337-4646. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Life insurance offered through Allstate Life Insurance Company and Allstate Assurance Company, Northbrook, Illinois, and American Heritage Life Insurance Company, Jacksonville, Florida. Well, we continue on this Monday night, Prep Sports Weekly here on KRKO. Tom Lafferty along with Steve Willits. Let's talk to another football coach we? we have scott darrow on the line he is the coach of the monroe bearcats uh, we were supposed to have coach on a couple of weeks ago and he was a little under the weather coach how are, you, how are we feeling tonight i'm feeling a lot better man i uh <laughs> i got some i got some sort of sickness after practice that night so i apologize well and you know i was going to give you a hard time that night too because i did happen to notice that i i think it was that weekend and you correct me if i'm wrong did, did you move I did. I moved. Yeah, it's been a wild, wild fall here in the old Darrow house. Well, I, what's the deal with coaches moving in the month of October? I always thought that was something you did in like in the springtime or the uh, the winter time. When the wife when the wife tells you it's time to move, <laughs> you you load the truck up and do what you can to make her happy, especially this time of year. Smart man, right so there. So <laughs> we 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 we've been we've been trying to move for a while, and and uh, we just found a house we love right here in Monroe, and. Jumped on it, and it wasn't great timing, but we're happy with it, though. Well, it's you, been a crazy fall, though. You moved into the city of Monroe, so I guess that means you're staying for a while. We're, I hope so. I've, you know, I've been here for a while. We were, we were kind of just outside of town, and we moved uh, a little closer to town. So, yeah, we're excited. Well, excellent. Well, before I ask you about the, uh, the Meadowdale victory on Friday night, the shutout win, I, I did have to bring something else up to you. I was talking to a coach recently, and since we just had John Gradwell on the phone, I will go ahead and say it was not him, but uh, a co- who may- somebody who maybe even isn't even a head coach. But I was talking to a coach who played against you guys earlier this year, and he, the first thing that he said when I brought up Monroe, he's, man, those guys are nasty. Oh, I, I'm thinking you like to hear that. Are, are your guys nasty? Are your guys mean? I, I, I don't think they're. I don't think our, our kids are mean, but we, <laughs> we try to play whistle whistle. Man. We try to get after it. Uh, we're definitely a, a blue collar team that likes to likes to smack you, and we try to finish blocks and all that stuff, but. I don't think we're me, but I'll, I'll take the compliment, though. That's, that's great to hear. I can tell you right now, when I was talking to him, he meant it as a compliment. So, yeah, he was well, very impressed with the fact that <laughs> your guys play hard, they play right to the whistle, and uh, we're getting after it. So a, a nasty awesome. team in terms of the, the positive things and a team that got a, a victory on Friday night. Tell us a little bit about the win over Meadowdale, a 42 nothing victory. It looks like you did things on offensive, offensively, defensively, and special teams as well. Yeah, you know, we we did we did what we wanted to do. Um, it was kind of a crazy week. My defense coordinator actually, his wife had a baby that week on Tuesday, and so my my JV D coordinator took over. Jake Johnson, he just did a fantastic job. While my D coordinator had to be home for the you okay, know, I got to st- I got to stop you here, Coach. D-, D coordinator had a baby. Let's go ahead and give a shout out. What D coordinator's name? Zach Nelson. Zach Nelson. He's a teacher at, over at Glacier Peak, actually, and he's he's in my DC for the last three years. He's fantastic. He was actually with Bump his bumps last year here at Monroe too. He had a little baby on Tuesday. Him and his wife Casey, and uh, 
the, the players had to go without the D, the DC. He put the game plan in Monday for Meadowdale and and handed things over to my uh, my D line coach, my J, my JV DC. And it was a wild week, man, trying to get ready for Meadowdale. No doubt about it. Babies moving, a whole lot going on in Monroe there in oh, October. <laughs> Sorry, I'm gonna let you get back to it now. So go ahead and tell us about the game again. So yeah, it was you know it was uh, Meadowdale's had some issues this year with uh, you know you know COVID and stuff like that. I know that that program's kind of they're struggling a little bit, I think, and. And uh, they did their best to, you know, to be competitive. And we showed up and did our thing. And, and we were able to put the points up, obviously. We moved the ball offensively. Defense shut him down. Um, Cole Pruitt, who's just such a, such a good player for us, he's kind of our, our stud receiver. He plays inside receiver for us. And he's, like our, he's our, uh, our free safety. He brought back two punts in the second quarter, back-to-back punts. And when that happened, it was a wrap. Um, you know, we, we just had a little more firepower on that night, and and, uh, and we'll take the win. And we, we respect the heck out of Meadowdale, and, and we're happy to get the win against anybody, obviously. But, um, yeah, it was, it, was, it was a fun night, no doubt about it. Well, you've won three of your last four games. Your other two wins, by the way, Linwood 46-0, and that, that game's looking better and better all the time as Linwood's starting to show a little little muscle here recently. And then also yeah. Mariner, a 48-7 to win. Team's obviously improving, so let's hear some names. Who are some of the guys we're watching on Friday nights? Well, the Mariner one especially we're proud of because we had that game canceled with Mount Lake Terrace at, like, literally 5 o'clock. We were at team dinner, and I got the call from my AD that, hey, you know, Terrace canceled the game tomorrow. This is on Thursday. And we got Mariner on the schedule about 8.30 or 9 o'clock that night, and uh, we had to frantically, you know, find a bunch of film on those guys and, and uh, put a game plan together. We had kind of a long walkthrough before the game. On we literally showed up Friday, and we, you know, we played those guys. That was a, that was a wild one. I've never uh, been a part of anything like that. But but uh, you know, we're yeah, we're playing okay right now. I think you know, um, we got two quarterbacks that can spin it. Evan Leggett is our senior. He's a dynamic athlete. Throws a really good football. Blake Springer is our young sophomore who I think might be the best quarterback to ever come through our program when he's all said and done, give him a couple of years to develop. He's such a, he's such a good player, such a great kid. Um, so that's, you know, we're lucky to have that. Cody Edelbrock's our tailback and we got a stable of young guys that we like a lot, but Cody's just a, just a Swiss army knife back there. He's like third in our team in receptions. Um, he runs the ball really well. We got a pretty big offensive line, Connor Owens, Griffin Montana up front. Um, you know, we got a couple a uh, couple receivers we like a lot. Trent Bublitz, uh, Vahi Emsley um, is our outside receiver. Ryan Al, uh, sorry, Rylan Al, uh, Albu is our other slot receiver. Um, got a bunch of guys on defense we love a lot too. Obviously, go through the whole team, <laughs> but uh, you know we're we're happy with our squad. We got a kind of a small senior class. So we're 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 really young. We're only starting about four or five seniors right now. So. I think uh, the future's bright here. We're excited about that for sure. Well, not only that, but I think uh, you just named like seven or eight guys. I was trying to follow along as you were doing it. I think you only named two seniors. Yeah, just Vahi and Cole. Uh, and Vahi just moved in uh, over the summer, basically. So, um, And then Evan, you know, Evan Leggett, our, our senior quarterback, we'll lose him too. But we bring back everybody. We'll lose a couple linemen also. But, yeah, we're really excited about our young guys. we got a really young squad, really uh, – Really, really good talent. Our freshman squad too this year has been really good too. So, yeah, we're excited, man. This West Coast 3A South, you know, it's a new challenge for us. And, you know, there's new, new teams and and all that. But, um, you know, really like where we're at right now. In a couple of years, I think we're going to be even even better. 
I know you can't say this as a coach, so I'll just go ahead and say it. Really kind of a, a three-team race there at the top of the, the West Coast 3A South. So really it's Monroe, it's Edmonds Woodway, and it's Nahomish. You've already played Edmonds Woodway, a tough loss, a five-point loss just a week and a half ago. Yeah. Uh, knowing that those games are so vital, those those three, those two games, I should say, when you, you played kind of that round robin with those teams, how did the guys respond to that, having to, to bounce back from a tough loss like that on a Friday night? How was practice the week after? Well, first and foremost, we're not going to sleep on Shorecrest we have uh, this Friday. And so we're focused on that, obviously. The Woodway game, you know, it's so, it's so tough. First of all, they played their best game of the year, I think, against us. That wasn't necessarily the team we saw on film. And, and we had a couple, I mean, you go back, and I'm sure a lot of coaches could say this, we had a couple balls hit receivers in the hands that were touchdowns, and we just didn't catch them. And we normally do. Um, and so that was tough. A couple of just bad turnovers that, that we normally don't make. And even with that, we still, you know, we still hung in there and had a chance till the very end. Um, it was a tough loss. You know, honestly, most high school football games aren't that competitive, um, win or lose. You know, I've been doing this for a long time, but majority of games aren't nail biters like that. That Woodway game was a nail biter. It came down to the very end and, uh, they just, made more plays than us down the stretch and that running back they got that guy's a that guy's a player man he's really good they just made a few more plays than we did um kids were you know our kids are resilient that's part of the good thing i guess about being so young is is uh they bounced back pretty quick and they came back hungry and that was kind of our message you know what just happened happened and we got to decide how we're going to you know handle that and, and what we're going to do next and and uh that's what we did. We just kind of let that motivate us. But, but no doubt that was a tough loss for us. And I think it was a loss that kind of surprised us. Uh, not to disrespect Woodway at all. It's a great program with a great head coach. You know, just really well coached all around. Their defense is certainly tough. Those, they had some of the best inside backer play I've ever seen. Their inside backers were really impressive. Um, but we expected to win that game. And, and uh, we'll see what happens here at the end. If there's some sort of round robin or something. Uh, if we can take care of the homish man, we'd love to play him again. That's for that's for dang sure. Well, and you kind of just led into what I was going to ask you. You play Shorecrest this Friday, which you just mentioned a couple moments ago, and then you've got Snohomish afterwards. Do you do you worry about this being a trap game on Friday over at Shoreline High School, Shoreline Stadium? Oh, those those I don't. <laughs> you know, the, the funny thing about this year, you know, normally we go off to camp at Eastern, and we go we go kind of far away to football camp this summer. Uh, we had a we had a camp at Mariner High School that Steve Jervis put on, and so we were there with Shorecrest and Woodway and Meadowdale and and all these teams we you know we play this year. A lot of the teams you know we play this year. And Shorecrest was there, and man, they're they're kids and our kids. You know, we we started talking. Uh, I think I think uh, they have some they have some kind of uh, you know fun personalities on that team. I don't think our our kids are going to be too hard to motivate for this week. I think we're excited to play those guys. There was some talking going on at camp, put it that way. But and our our kids are, you know, I think always up for a challenge. And and I don't I don't think this is the team we're sleeping on. Um, you know, I think we're trying to treat every week like it's a like it's a championship week. We're not really talking about the home shit, but I promise you, when that game rolls around, we'll we'll be dialed in for those for those boys. That that's a that's a big game for us. And um, you know, we're definitely we're definitely excited to play those guys. We've had a lot of success against the Homish. Um, the last decade or so we've done pretty well, you know, so um, I don't think we're scared of those guys at all. I know, you know, Joey's a, a great friend of mine, Joey Hammer, great coach, love those guys, know a lot of their staff, obviously. We've got a couple of coaches that have coached on both staffs, and um, we got players that, you know, a couple of players that played their, played their youth ball over there and vice versa, and we know those guys well, and we, you know, every week, every week I, 
I sit here and I sit down on a, on a Saturday and I, I start by kind of watching our, our game and then I'll watch the home wishes game and then I'll watch our opponent's game. <laughs> so we've been, uh, we've been, we've been thinking about those guys for a while, but, but we're hundred percent dialed in shortcrest this week. And, and, uh, but we know that's a big game, you know, at the end of our season right there. And we're, uh, we respect the heck out of those guys and, and we're excited to play them. That's for, that's for sure. Coach, before we let you go, talk about your staff, your current staff this year. Yeah, I got a great staff. You know, I, I think, I think, uh, really, I was really fortunate, um, kind of as the COVID year wound, wound together. I, I was able to put together, I think, a really good staff and, you know, kind of came together, came together at, at, at the very end, but I got some just fantastic coaches on my staff that I'm really, really happy to work with. Um, just, just great guys. I mentioned Zach Nelson earlier, my DC, he runs that defense and does a great job. I got JT Thompson, my receivers coach, former Coug, um, such a good guy with the passing game and we chuck it around here in Monroe, man. Um, John Little's my running back coach, Nathan Mead, Nathan Mead, my old, my old, uh, my old old lineman from back in the day is my JV line coach. I got Myron Robinson who's my freshman coach. Um, Jake Johnson's my, 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 uh, my D line coach, Jeff Mead, Nathan's dad, my, my linebackers coach. Um, I'm probably forgetting one or two of them that you I'll get, be you mad about did later you, on. Did we get Shane in there already? Oh, and Shane's like, gosh, dang Yeah, you don't want to let that one go. He'll, 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 he won't let you hear the end of it. Oh, my goodness. I can't believe I almost forgot. Yeah, big coach side, man. I, I did the offensive line here at Monroe for whatever it was, 15, 16 years, and, and Shane was my running backs coach, and he went over to Snohomish uh, when Joey left, and he's back now doing my, doing my old line. That was hard to give up, man. Uh, coach no lines. That's my that's my baby, and it's something special about those offensive linemen. They're just a, you know, they're a fun they're a fun crew. And Shane's come in and taken that group over. He's such a he's such a good coach, man. I'm so excited to have him on staff. Uh, just so much energy and, and knowledge of the game, and he he helps us so much. But yeah, he's he's my old line coach. Can't forget him. You're making us feel old too, because I remember once upon a time we had the entire offensive line in that's studio right. here. Nathan yeah. Mead, who's now one of your assistant coaches. Yeah, he was one of the guys in the studio here, so it's uh, good to see that he yeah. everything's come full circle. Well, and how about Josh Jerome over at Eastern? Man, Josh is just destroying things over <laughs> at Eastern, starting on the defensive line over there, just doing so stinking good every week. I'm so proud to see Josh making plays on TV and Eston too over there. That's fantastic. I'm so proud of those guys. I'm glad you worked those in because it has been a lot of fun for us to watch. We were even texting one night when we were watching the uh, Eastern Washington game versus Montana, Tom and I and a few others, and fun to kind of throw those those names around there too, knowing that we've seen those guys and we know who they are and what yeah. kind of people they are, and it's it's been fun. So, Absolutely. It's, it's so fun to watch that level of, of college ball because those are Washington kids. That's why I love the, you know, watching teams like Eastern play. Those are those are kids you watch in high school, you know what I mean? So it's so it's so cool to have those guys be successful. Efton's such a good kid, so is Josh. So it's fun, man. 100%. Well, hey, Coach, we appreciate your time tonight. Thank you so much. Uh, congratulations on three out of the last four games. Congratulations on the new home, and also uh, best wishes against Shortcrest this week. Hey, thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate you. You bet. There you go. Scott Darrell, the head coach of the Monroe Bearcats. We'll come back. We'll talk some tennis in the Western Conference. Boys tennis coming up next right here on Prep Sports Weekly. 
Locally owned, veteran owned, the hometown handyman is proud to support local sports. Student athletes are an inspiration to us all, playing for their community and their teammates, showing good sportsmanship and working hard in the classroom and in practice. The hometown handyman believes in hard work and integrity, supporting community, seniors, veterans, and first responders. If you've got items on your to-do list that need to be crossed off, go to hometownhandymanpnw.com and support local. Hometownhandymanpnw.com Tired of doing battle in the kitchen every night? Time to surrender and take the family to the Buzz Inn Steakhouse. The Buzz Inn is open for indoor dining with mouth-watering hand-cut Angus steaks, chicken, seafood, burgers, sandwiches, and all-day breakfast. Relax while the Buzz Inn takes on the hazardous cleanup duty. And with nine locations, there's a Buzz Inn near you. Check out the menu ahead of time at buzzinsteakhouse.com. Dine in or take out the Buzz Inn Steakhouse, where you always get a great deal on a great meal. Mike Dixon with Farmers Insurance knows that good coverage counts. Whether you're running through the defense to the end zone, finding a good position for the game-winning three-pointer, or if the neighbors need to refine their fastball. And here comes the pitch. Oh, sorry. Coverage is important. Call Mike Dixon to find out what coverage is best for you, and pretty soon you'll be Stixon with Dixon. That's Mike Dixon with Farmers Insurance in Old Town Mugletillo. Call 425-375-0860 today because coverage counts. Looking for new furniture? There's always a great selection at Ericsson's. New styles, new colors, new looks, and always affordable prices. Ericsson Furniture has just what you're looking for. In stock and on sale. Name brand furniture and mattresses, design services, and five-star delivery. Let Ericsson Furniture help you get the look you want for less, a lot less. Ericsson Furniture, in Everett at 2015 Broadway and online at ericksonfurniture.com. As a business owner, you know a different side of restaurants than most people. You know the long nights, the stressful days, the grease fires in the kitchen, and still you keep the orders coming and the service friendly. But sometimes you need a little help. The food service equipment professionals at Hattrick Northwest are dedicated to serving Snohomish County restaurants by giving them the proper guidance and sincere answers they need when it comes to food service equipment. We know food service because we've done food service. Hattrick Northwest. When you call us, you get us. Find us online at hattrick-northwest.com. And we continue with Prep Sports Weekly here on this Monday night. Tom Lafferty along with Steve Willett. It's not just football going on in the fall. No, and we haven't talked about this next sport yet, so that's kind of fun. I know we've worked in a little volleyball and we were originally going to do a little soccer tonight which we'll still get to but uh boys tennis going on right now and we've got two gentlemen joining us on the phone right now who gentlemen yeah that's, <laughs> that's a stretch right we <laughs> we we can have a little fun we know both of these two here but uh we've got a a, a stepfather stepson combination which is new for us joel boyer who's uh I don't know. How do you describe Joel? I guess for the sake of this conversation, he's the girls' tennis coach at Snohomish High School. He's the boys' assistant tennis coach. He's done color commentary with you on basketball games. He's a friend of the show. He's spotted for you at football games. He's done a little bit of everything. And Joel's stepson, who he lives in the same house with, Dylan Wells, is currently the number one seeded tennis player for the Lake Stevens boys' tennis team. Joel, how in the heck are you tonight? Oh, man. I'm still warming up. It was a cold one tonight, but uh, but no, things are great. 
And and I, I will I will continue to call you a gentleman, even though we'll probably snicker about it behind your back later on. But you're hey, a good man. <laughs> thanks for being here. And I guess we we should let you uh, go ahead and tell us about Dylan Wells. Why? Uh, what about what about this young man we're about to bring onto the phone here? Oh man, well uh, he he is he is quite an impressive athlete. Not just because he's my stepson, but uh, he's one that that didn't pick up tennis really till his freshman year of high school and. And then really fell in love with it after uh, right before his sophomore year, and so he's only played this sport for like at, at a high level that he's really been been grinding hard for for a little over two years. And uh, I've coached, oh gosh, I've coached tennis for almost twenty years with multiple seasons with girls and guys, and and he is one that maybe has come as far as any player that I've coached in that short amount of time. So it, he's a pretty special athlete, pretty special player, and. It's fun watching him play. Now, Dylan, I've never thought to ask you or your or Joel this, so you can kind of fill me fill in the blanks here. Obviously, I, I've known Joel for a, a long time, and I know he's always been a tennis guy. It sounds like you kind of came into the game late. So, when you when Joel and Mom started dating, were you already a tennis player, or were you a fan of tennis, or did Joel kind of rub off on you in, in that regard? Uh, yeah. So uh, I was always a basketball player. I thought that's how I was uh, going to go to college and play that sport. Um, it was about, I don't know. I think Joel definitely rubbed off on uh, the tennis passion on me, and then I took it up and pursued it. Um, so yeah, it was probably. I mean, I don't even know. So, definitely. so Joel, did you sense that about Dylan, and did you kind of start to guide him along, or did you kind of let him fall in love with the sport on his own? Well, he he likes sports. There's just nothing. There's no way around that. He's played pretty much everything you can think of you know, growing up and all that kind of stuff. And, and he knew he wanted to play a, like a third sport uh, in high school. And so he's like, hey, maybe I should play tennis. And we're like, okay. And that freshman year, going into his freshman year that summer, it's like, hey, anytime you want to, you know, you want to go hit a little bit. Or He's like, yeah, it sounds great. And then he waited until the first day of tryouts, about three hours before tryouts. He's like, hey, can you keep trying to play tennis? <laughs> and in my head, I'm like, oh, yeah, wait to wait till the last second. But no, he uh, – he picked it up and ran with it, and and now it's it's hard to find a, a night that tennis isn't probably on a TV in our house. So uh, we watch a lot and hang out a lot and talk a lot of tennis. It's pretty fun. Well, and Dylan, for you, we we've teased Joel about this before, but we've had him on numerous times to talk about tennis. He kind of seems to have his his finger on the pulse of what's going on in this tennis community as much as anybody I've ever talked to. So. It, is he able to give you some scouting reports when you're getting ready for opponents? Do you do you ask Joel, hey, uh, I'm playing this guy today. What can you tell me about him? Or, or, do you, or do you guys talk amongst each other about, hey, and then likewise when he, when his Snohomish team is getting ready to play somebody, do you give him some pointers? Um, I mean, I have not. Not to my knowledge, at least. Um, that might be a good idea to start doing. <laughs> <laughs> um, glad, glad I could help you guys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> People bring you on as an assistant one of these days. Thank you. I'm full of good ideas, Joel. You know that. Yeah. Well, we, I mean, well, shoot, Dylan, we talk a lot about tennis at home, and, and we talk about different players. And I'll say this, Dylan is a student of the game. He he watches tennis. He, he sleeps tennis. He breathes it. Um, but he's played just about every single, just about every guy that he's played this year. He's already, he's already seen or watched play, and he plays tournaments in the summer. And so, you just get this whole grouping of people, and uh, you know it doesn't matter if it's three A, four A, whatever. That a lot of them go to the same tournaments in the summertime and play, and so you kind of start to make friendships with people from other schools that you really hated when you didn't really know them, but then you get to know them. Like that's a pretty cool guy, and 
And so it's been fun to watch uh, just kind of those tennis relationships happen and, and uh, guys hang out with other guys and they play each other and they don't like each other when they play each other, but then afterwards they, they get along real well. So it's, tennis becomes a pretty, pretty tight-knit family. Um, even the guys you don't love, they, they're friends of yours, and these guys all talk on social media all the time. And Dylan's like, oh, I was chatting with so-and-so and so-and-so. I was like, I Awesome. I didn't even know you knew how to get a hold of that guy, so well, it's Dylan, pretty fun. For you, Dylan, do you do you take mental notes in terms of when you're playing a player, knowing that you might see him again later on down the road at districts or somewhere else, and and it, has that helped you? I mean, it, we, we talk about it all the time in football and some other sports, but how is that for tennis? Um, yeah, I feel like I'm always trying to take mental notes of uh, not necessarily of the guy I'm playing, but as a team as a whole. Um, I mean, obviously the guy I'm playing is a huge part of that. Um but I understand when district comes around and I'll see um, some of these dudes that I haven't gotten the chance to play yet. Um, so I'm noting um, who did well and uh, against who and scores like that and uh, strengths and weaknesses. And, Joel, we've talked about this before. Boys tennis in the Western Conference is different because state isn't until next year, right? <laughs> Don't get me started, Tom. Yeah, it's true. It's so – these guys are going to qualify. I mean, the the regular season ends this week for both 3A and 4A, and and then uh, 3A being a bigger Wesco, they'll have a league tournament. The North and South each have a league tournament, and then they'll go into districts the following week. So two weeks from now, and the 3A will know who's going to state. Next week, the 4A uh, district tournament, since they just have one 4A league, there's not a North and South, there's only five teams in it, they'll have their tournament next week. And so these guys will qualify for state and doubles and singles, and then have to wait until the last weekend in May, I believe, this year. I've got to double-check me, but I think it's the last weekend in May this year is the state tournament for girls' tennis as well, but also boys' tennis. Um, so Wesco, since they play it as a fall sport, they have to wait six-plus months before they get to play their, their state tournament. So before we have you give us some names as to who we should be watching and who has a chance to qualify for state, at least in this region here, Give us some of the strengths of Dylan's game. Give give us a analysis of what kind of a player he is. Oh, he's a big hitter. He likes to hit the ball hard, and he's he uh, he's gotten a lot smarter about when to employ that, when to do that. Um, he he loves to serve and volley. I don't think there's a coach in the league that would think that that would disagree with me. That he is he's kind of a throwback player in that where. A lot of the old, uh, the Pete Sampras's, and even going back further than that, the McEnroe's, Connors goes, love, love to serve and volley, and Dylan loves that. He loves attacking the net, being aggressive. Um, he plays singles mostly, but he loves playing doubles too, and that really, um, that excitement of, of getting to the net and being aggressive just really, really helps him in his doubles game. So um, he, he definitely is powerful. He's athletic, um, but loves to serve and volley. He's got a great kicker serve. And Dylan, he, your, um, Joel, I almost your dad. Joel just mentioned a, a few different players who he'd compare you to a little bit as a tennis player and somebody who it sounds like you watch a lot of it on TV. Do you have players that you emulate and p- players that you look up to and whose games you try to you know kind of mold yours after? Um, yeah, there's a couple. There's a couple names that come to that come to mind. Um, Fernando Verdasco is one of them. Uh, I've slow like I've seen slow mo videos of him and try to just repu- uh, replicate strokes as well as I can. Um, and that's helped my game a lot. And same with, like, Novak Djokovic, uh, Rafa Nadal. I mean, I could, I could go on forever on those. 
Well, and let's hear some names of some of the guys locally then. I don't know if uh, if Dylan wants to chime in too, but Joel, maybe you can – first of all, I know you coach over at Snohomish. Uh, give us some of the 3A players this year. Who are we watching? Uh, well, 3A, the, the cool thing is they, they get to send four singles and four doubles teams to the state tournament. So you got a few more options of guys going, but I'd say the top the top guys definitely you got to start with the Anderson boys. Um, Russell Anderson's a junior, goes to Edmonds Woodway, and his little brother Steven is a freshman, and they play one and two singles there, and they are both just, gosh, man, they're butt kickers. They they work real hard, and they're they're very accomplished players. Um, down there in the south, you have uh, Zed Khan, the number one player uh, at Shorecrest, and he qualified for state as a freshman in doubles, but then COVID hit, so he didn't get to play in that state tournament. Um, he's another great player. Uh, and then coming to the north, you're starting to look at Snohomish has got a couple, couple guys, and Will McDonald and Cade Strickland, and and then uh, Ty Rusko for Arlington is a player that Dylan and I've talked a lot about. That he is, he's been kind of a little bit of a surprise to some people who didn't know about him, um, but uh, just a real hardworking player that's really fun to watch actually too. So um, JD Drake from Shorewood, another another younger player, but really good playing one for them and. And it's hard because you don't know if these guys are going to stay as singles players or sometimes your coaches are going to partner you up as a doubles team and, and try to find a way into state through that route. But, uh, but those are all some names of some pretty good players to keep an eye on. Hey, Dylan, what about the 4A? I mean, how much do you follow the other uh, that league, and can you give us some names? I know Jackson has a couple of really good ones, right? Yeah, Jackson has some studs. Uh, you got Henry Park, you got Ben Lee from Jackson. And, man, those kids are something else. Um, following that. You have uh, Jason Yee from uh, from Glacier Peak, and then Aaron Lee and Josh Lee from uh, from Kamiak. And there's a there's a couple other guys. You know, there's uh, Brett Stevens from Lake Stevens, um, Everett from Lake Stevens, Max, a couple guys from my squad. Um, Jackson Stump is a good is a good player. Um, looking forward to see him again. So there's a there's a couple people out there. So, Joel, what we need you to do right now is to hop on the phone on Dylan's behalf and talk to the Kamiak coach, talk to the Jackson coach, and see if you can't take some of those singles guys and double them up and see if you make Dylan's path a little bit easier in districts. What do you think? Uh, you know, I don't get involved in that stuff, Steve, but if, <laughs> if, you think, if you think I haven't had a conversation or two with different coaches around the league, this is that point in time, especially for 4A, they are just in such a pickle because they, they only get two singles and two doubles, and, and like Dylan said, it really starts with Henry Park and Ben Lee at Jackson. Those guys are a couple of studs as a sophomore and a freshman. Oh, my gosh. Um, but they, uh, what they kind of decide to do is really going to kind of – all the other coaches are kind of – they don't get to know that information at the time. But you're kind of sitting back waiting, like, what the heck's going to happen? Are those going to double, singles? But, uh, yeah, so we've had a few conversations around our house about that. Um, my daughter Hannah, she Dylan's sister, she also plays tennis and, and loves knowing all these people, and she plays tournaments. So we we have a lot of conversations around our house that that revolves around tennis and and things, and, and especially Dylan right now, postseason coming up. We we chat a lot about it. It's pretty fun. Okay, Dylan, we can't let you leave without naming off your teammates. Yeah, I know you already threw a couple of names out, but who are uh, who are some of the guys that are playing for Lake Stevens on a regular basis right now? Yeah, let me give you a quick rundown. So um, we got Everett. Uh, Rhett, Max, Dakota, Dane, Asher, Kelvin, Ethan, Armin, Brian, Andrew, Luke, and Miguel. Um, I couldn't be more proud of these guys. 
Well, I think they're going to be happy with that. And finally, I got to ask you one more question too, because uh, I, you know, I grew up in the '80s with karate, the Karate Kid, and where you know Mr. Miyagi made Daniel do all the chores to help get him ready for for karate and whatnot. You worked at Funko Field over the summer with us in the concession stand. I know you were, you were making cotton candy and wrapping hot dogs and all those other fun things. Did, how much did that help your tennis game this year? Um, <laughs> you can say none if you want to. That's an interesting question. Um, I don't know if it helped my tennis game. It taught me that uh, you got you got to pay your dues. Um, you got to start somewhere, and uh, got to grind from there. All those all those days and nights I saw you at Funko Field this summer. You knew I wasn't going to let you off that easy without asking, right? So, <laughs> well, well, Joel, he, he learned he learned the uh, the power of hard work, right? Absolutely. And if you think we haven't watched Karate Kid in our house, we watched it about a month ago. Oh, yeah, we know how to wax on, wax off. There's no problem with that. <laughs> there we go. Cobra Kai is next. Well, hey, again, Joel Boyer, <laughs> Dylan Wells, uh, congratulations on everything and uh, looking forward to talking to you guys down the road. And, Dylan, best wishes to you as I know the season's quickly wrapping up here. And hopefully the weather cooperates and you guys can keep playing over the next couple weeks and then it's on to districts. Thank you. Appreciate it. There you go. And that is it for another edition of Prep Sports Weekly. Today's show brought to you by Allstate Insurance Agent Brian Reed, Dale Wagner Law Office, GSR Rental in Monroe, Ace Hardware Stores in Lake Stevens, Everett and Stanwood, Glass by Lund, the Somich County PUD, Erickson Furniture, McLean Insurance in Silver Lake, the Buzz Inn Steakhouse, also brought to you by Hattrick Northwest, the Law Office of Russell and Hill, Mike Dixon, Farmers Insurance, Screen Printing Northwest, and by the hometown handyman. And who did we have on the show tonight? On the show tonight, John Gradwell, the head football coach at Edmonds Woodway. We then talked to Scott Darrow, who's the head football coach at Monroe. We just heard from Joel Boyer over at Snohomish High School and Dylan Wells, the number one ranked tennis player for Lake Stevens. We've got high school football coming away on Friday night. It's a big one. It's the Marysville Pilchuck Tomahawks and the Arlington Eagles. 6.30 pregame and 7 o'clock the kickoff from John C. Larson Stadium in Arlington. Meanwhile, the Silvertips will be playing on Friday as well. That'll be on Classic Country KXA. They'll be playing down in Kent against the Seattle Thunderbird. That's it for Prep Sports Weekly on this Monday night. We'll see you one week from tonight. For Steve Willits, I'm Tom Lafferty. Good night from Everett. KRKO Everett. K237 GN AM 1380 and FM 953. Your music. James Taylor, Chicago. Beatles. Huey Lewis. Now, more of Everett's greatest hits. KRKO.
B-52s, Love Shack.